Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hope everyone's doing well this evening. I am so happy and overjoyed to be with you again here in 2020, a new year, and a lot of new ideas, and a lot of new goals, a lot of thought behind this year. And as I've been announcing on social media, for me, Isaac Jamal, your certified life coach, I've been giving a very deep consideration into my focus going into this year. And I've decided to dedicate 2020 to relationships. And my thought process has been a few things. First of all, um, the response from people that have been benefiting from the podcasts, from the events, from the groups has been tremendous. Um, I've been getting a serious push on giving further education to singles, to newlyweds, um, and to define it for you, I think that marriage really has three groups. There's the newlywed to 10 years, there's 10 to 20, and then there's 20 plus. And each group has its own dynamic and its own um, emotional state, excuse me, its own operating state, starting a family, having a family, marrying off a family, um, its financial burdens, uh, its parenting challenges. And to me, the root, and I've spoken about this in prior podcasts, the root for me is the Jewish, the root of the Jewish home for me is the couple, is how it began, how it started. And us finding our life soulmate and reconnecting to that person is the beginning of a family. When we stand under the chuppah and there's a hatan and a kala and a sheva berachot and a, just an unbelievable simcha that a family experiences, that moment defines the rest of our life. And no matter what comes our way, what other, what, no matter what obstacle, whatever financial burden, parenting burden, uh, uh, location, uh, whatever challenge, God forbid, maybe a health challenge, we've decided to take those on together. And the Jewish home is so in, in such disarray today. And I say that because the world around us has changed so much. And us traditionalists, uh, and I say that coming off of seeing uh, Fiddler on the Roof just a couple of nights ago and being reminded how tradition does change. And I think that that movie depicted a very specific modernization of how life, our social environment, um, 
economic environment, those things change. Human needs don't change. But the matter, the, the medium of which we fill those needs does change. And in a rapid word, world that we're living in today with technology and with such speed definitely affects our relationships in our homes. And if we are able to imagine, to envision a world where our orthodox world focuses on relationships, where the husband and the wife are fulfilled and so full with their needs being met, how much easier it would be to face the world, our goals, our financial burdens, raising a home, uh, just knowing that you can come home and you can be yourself and you can share and you can give love and you can receive love is the focal point of who we are as human beings. And the quality of our lives is always going to be based on the quality of our relationship and our interpersonal relationships. And I can almost guarantee you that if you're not happy in your relationship, then you're not happy with your life. It doesn't matter if you're successful in your business or in your social status or how significant you might be outside of the relationship. If you're not thriving in your relationship, life is just missing something. And how true it is for us as human beings if we just really peeled back the layers and reconnect to that child inside of us, all we truly want is to be loved and we want to love and want to be loved in return. And that is the deepest, most um, natural instinct of human beings. So to me, focusing on relationships and focusing on educating as many people as I can. And I have a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I have a, 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 I've put in front of myself some tremendous hurdles and ch tremendous challenges because I want to create this year several events that are around dating several events around dealing with marriage educating newlyweds so that they don't get they don't allow life to get in the way of their relationship and then educate us that have been married uh, myself uh, my wife and I have been together married for 18 plus we've been together for over 19 years we have six beautiful children um, each one a challenge on their own. And 
to be able to thrive with all that going on. And we can thrive. That's the important message tonight, is that we can thrive. We could have, we could and we can have a playful, creative, loving, fun, exciting relationship with our spice, this, with our, with our spice, the Freudian slip there. Yes, spice in our relationship with our spouses. And it is, I believe, the frontier that we need to challenge. This is something that we just have to put in front of us. We have to become vulnerable. We have to have these conversations. We need to talk about it. And we need to face this challenge and this fear of living a life without the love that I want. I'm sure that even in relationships and marriages that are being challenged, that there is a level of love. But is it the depth of love that I desire? Is it the love that I truly want? Which brings us to our topic tonight. Do you believe in love? Do you believe in the concept of love? And what does that mean to you? What does that mean to us as Orthodox Jews? Is love something that has a place in the home? Ve'azav adam et aviv ve'ishto. That is the commandment that's given to Adam Harishon to tell him that he must leave his mother and his father's house and he must cling to his wife. Now there's a lot to learn from that pasuk. So as in past podcasts, I've spoken about masculine energy and becoming the man will heal the boy. And I think that Hashem in that pasuk is speaking to us men, saying to us, you must leave your mother and your father. You must no longer see yourself as a child. No longer see yourself as a boy, but become the man and cling to your wife. Attach yourself to that relationship. And no longer is the child parent relationship primary but now the primary relationship that we enter into is the one with our soulmate love I'm saying it again love a lot of people don't believe in the concept of passionate love many people don't believe that it's possible I have a lot of friends of mine that will tell me it's te'il or it's too much come on you're kidding me that's just for the movies and I agree maybe the movies exaggerate a little bit it can't be like that all the time that would be overstated but a true attraction, a true connection throughout the day and throughout life 
that endears one to another is possible. It is real. Now, how can I explain it to everybody? So this is the analogy that I can really think of. I think that we can understand it through this analogy is if we wanted to start a business and we wanted to sell chairs just because one's in front of me, we would have to think about a name for the company. We'd have to consider what type of chairs we wanted to sell. Would they be modern? Would they be classic? Would they be contemporary? What types of chairs? What, what kind of make would we want on the, those chairs? What price points do we want to hit? Who would we be selling these chairs to? And we would have to put time and effort into building this business as all of us do on a day-to-day -day basis. Today, both men and women, chasing careers, entrepreneurship, wanting to achieve. How much effort does society put on, and we've discussed this in the past, making sure you get good grades, making sure you find yourself a good school to go to, find yourself maybe a good apprenticeship, apprenticeship, trying to find a good job, something that's going to allow you to live comfortably financially. This is years and years and years of thought and planning and trial and error and successes and failures, but yet we continue to march on. We never give up. We have to make a living. We got to leave the lights on. We got to put food on the table. We got to clothe ourselves. We got to send our kids to school. And this energy that is behind us building a business is tremendous. If we could take that analogy and plug it into our relationships. Growing up, we all had thoughts and ideas of what we would like in our relationships, both boys and girls. And maybe girls have a more affinity of understanding relationships because they're relationship-based and are ready to commit more than you know, boys are at a younger age. They understand their roles, and it takes men you know, some time to understand you know, creating a family. So it comes from a different route. But both desire this. Desire this love relationship. And then we enter in to marriage, and for a little while, could be months, could be a few years, we put a lot of energy into it. And then the operations of maintaining a household starts to begin. But what I mean by operations is I believe there are two buckets when it comes to our marriages. Bucket number one is operations. Operations means everything that we need to maintain the home, from cleaning it to restocking it to maintaining it. The children. And then the finances. 
Those are the three areas of operations when it comes to a marriage. And every home's got its own dynamics, especially today in 2020. It's no longer that the man is the breadwinner and the wife is staying home. Today's world is changing. Plenty of women have been successful in entrepreneurship. A lot of women are leading the financial, um, uh, bringing in financials to the home. They're leading that. They're actually supporting. Men are working, but it, it very well might be that the woman is the one who's really sustaining the house financially. But no matter how you deal with the operations of the house, the other bucket is us. And the us gets eclipsed by the operations. Now, if you really give this some thought and start separating out your relationships into these two buckets, that means if you're going out to dinner, ladies and gentlemen, and this is called date night, but you're talking about the kids, you're conducting business. That's in bucket number one in operations. Where's the us? Where's the togetherness, the closeness that is being or should be created? That energy is what I'm talking about, creating that energy, working hard on that energy. That's what I'm talking about. We need focus on bucket two. We need focus on the us. And you might be listening to me and saying, this guy's out of his mind. Who's got time for that? Or who knows how to do it? Who wants to do it? And the truth is, is all of us at a particular point had this energy to lead into the relationship. It's like opening up a business and having all this energy and then it goes flat. What happens to the business? It's not going to increase in profitability. It'll stay flat if not start declining. Why do we expect something different from our relationships? And why do we take our relationships for granted? Do you believe in love? And if you're a believer of love, is it something that manifests itself? Is it something that's self-sustaining? Or is it something that I need to continuously develop, work on, and maintain? And if you put more effort into it, what would you reap? If you planted more, what do you think would happen in your relationship? And I get this a lot when I work with couples. Sometimes you'll find that one person in the relationship is willing to do more self-development or personal development than the other. Does that stop 
the relation does that stop the other person from being able to affect the relationship? Absolutely not. Because if you continuously give, if you continuously create, the other person will respond. Now, they, they might not respond as quickly as we'd like them to. They might not respond um, immediately. But after time, you start melting away this ice barrier that's been built up. And if you're young and dating, don't give up on your dreams of love. But know going into the relationship that it's going to be your primary, primary life's work. Your primary life's work. And if we put that in the core, in the center of our minds then there's no reason why we can't have the relationships that we want. And if we were able to achieve those relationships, what would that do to the quality of your life? If you truly were connected with your spouse and God forbid you had a financial issue, how would you deal with it if you were at this level of closeness, this depth of connection emotionally? Would it be something that would come between you? But if you're operating just in bucket one, if you're operating just in the operating system, and now we have a financial issue, how much of that emotional, deep emotional connection do we have for, a, for it to be the resilience, for it to be able to push back the challenges ahead of us? as my brother-in-law says all the time, it's not that complicated. You get what you put into it. And this notion of love doesn't exist, and this notion of love is a fairy tale, uh, it's a novel, it's a poem, it's something you see on the big screen, it's not something that is truly real. It's just a self-created safe problem to say I don't want to work on it and the way human beings actually work is is that if I am faced with a quality of life problem which means there's growth ahead of me there's this possibility of me entering into a marriage or entering into a serious relationship or entering into a new career or shifting my job or moving homes or locations. This is what I mean by quality problems. If I have an issue in my relationship, then I will create what's called a safe problem. What do I mean by a safe problem? Generally, a safe problem is something that's within my control. Something that I can decide to do or not. And some of those are procrastination, addiction, anxiety, sadness and depression, substance abuses. All these 
self-created overindulgence, food possibly. We create smaller problems in our life because we avoid the true pain Because, let's face it, the deepest fear, the deepest pain comes from our interpersonal relationships. How much anguish does a parent go through with a relationship with a child? How much pain is there in a breakup? Just dating. Just a guy and a girl dating. They spend some time with each other. They start liking each other and something goes wrong. Nothing serious. They just, it just didn't work out. How much pain is in that? The aliveness that we feel with love is counter or I like to picture it as a yin and yang. The bigger the fear, the bigger the growth opportunity. So the bigger the fear here, and the fear is me being vulnerable, the bigger the growth opportunity. The better and deeper the relationship can get. But we're so scared of love. We're so scared of being open. We're so scared of not being enough. We're terrified of it. We'll go on and keep ourselves busy with a million things not to remind ourselves that I'm truly not happy in my relationship. So the kids become a problem, money becomes the problem, the house, the location becomes the problem, my in-laws become a problem, everything becomes a problem, forgetting the milk becomes a problem, you know, not speaking to me properly becomes the problem. All these safe problems that are within my control now shadow and eclipse the quality problem of I am avoiding. Yes avoiding the quality problem in my relationship because those feelings of loneliness, isolation, stuck, unlucky, those feelings start to creep in and nobody wants to feel those. So they start creating safe problems. And for those safe problems, we have stories that solidify them. Like expert lawyers, we find life's evidence to show, well, they're not happy. Everybody after 20, 20, 20 something years, 25 years of marriage, everybody starts to grow apart. It's a natural thing. You can't expect love to maintain itself. And we start looking around. And women are amazing at this. Women have groups of friends where they're all lonely, but at least they have the camaraderie and the companionship of the group. 
so they make themselves make each other feel like they have a relationship. Men go off into who knows where. They have their own little nowhere land where they go. Men just want to be left alone. They'll go into a video game. They'll go into a, a sports something. They'll go into gambling. They'll go into drinking. They'll do anything possible to avoid the feeling of my relationship is not working. It's an amazing, it's just an amazing thing to, to see and watch. And I'm here to tell everybody that, yeah, those feelings are real. It just means you're not working on it. It just means that you're not putting the effort necessary to create love on the level that you desire in your relationship. It's that simple. It's not that complicated. We need to learn about, firstly, myself. What is it that I feel that I'm lacking? What do I feel that I want? And most importantly, and this should definitely overshadow and, and more importantly than what I just said about what's lacking is where am I not giving my significant other? Where can I improve on giving more into the relationship? And what I meant by lacking, I don't mean by lacking from the other person, but within myself, what can I give myself so that I can be more, I can grow, and I can bring that into the relationship. And if I grow personally, and I'm concentrating on what I'm supposed to be giving the other, will that not improve your relationship? Now, women, I'm here, you know, as a man to testify, you know, from my own experiences that it took me a lot to become conscious in my relationship. I come from a traditional home, you know, men are taken care of, and, 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 and I come from that old mentality or that old school mentality of, you know, maybe women should be taking care of the kids and taking care of the stuff at home, and men should, men should be out there, you know, bringing in a parnasah and financing everything. That, you know, idea in the beginning of my marriage, oh boy, was I a feminine energy. Oh boy, was I so off the target. So through my own experiences, I could tell you women, I understand that a lot of men lack the education of what a woman truly wants. That needs to be taught it's an education. And I'm the first one to say that I'll be out there and I'll be the first one to advocate, the first one to, on, on the front lines of this, is to teach men what women need. But at the same time, women, today it seems that with the world around us and masculinity becoming such a dominant force in the, in the women's feminine movement, that women are so angry all the time 
that we've lost that femininity that allows you to nurture and to continue to give. And giving up and going in is something that you have to recognize. You have to learn. And I understand that there's a deep fear in that. There's an alone feeling. But to go to the opposite and try to control or try to um, stay petrified is not going to get to the love that you're looking for. So both men and women, we need to look inside of ourselves. That's the first thing we need to do. Second thing we need to do is we need to look at our significant others and learn more about them. And even if you've been married for 30 or 40 years, hi, is somebody with us? I hear someone, but I don't hear them talking. Hello? Hello? Okay. I'm going to leave them on, and if they decide to speak, they can speak. We have to go inside of ourselves. We need to learn about ourselves. Hi, is someone there? Just listening. Oh, hi. How are you? Hi, great. Great topic. Is that Lisa? It is. Great topic. I got cut out, so I I was loving it. Okay. Um, Do you want me to mute, or do you want to share it? I'm going to go on mute. Nope, I'm going on mute. Okay, so I'm going to mute you now. Perfect. Um, Both men and women, we need to go inside of ourselves first. We need to find that space inside of us that says, I will not give up. I will not allow myself to give up on love. It does exist. I want it, but I need to work for it. That conscious thought of facing the fear of something that you don't have but want very badly. Then we have to consider the person opposite me. What can I do to fill their needs? What can I creatively do? What can I playfully do? What can I operationally do? How can I help more with finances? How, much, how can I help more with maintaining the house? How can I help more with the kids? And this is non-gender specific. To be able to give the other person on a constant basis so that we can achieve what we all truly so deeply want. We all want to be held and loved, and we all want to feel like we're enough. And where more do we want that than in our own homes? Especially in our relationships. You know, God knows, and my wife and I both know, that raising children is not an easy task. And in their different developmental stages, they go through different things. And those relationships change. And at times for parents, and I don't know that children understand this, but it's so painful 
because you want so much for your child and allowing them the space to develop on their own. It's painful. It's painful when you, don't, you see a child that doesn't feel that they're enough and you know that they are. Or a child that might want help. The opposite. A child that might not want help, but you so badly want to help them. You want them to effectively change the emotional state they're in. But they're not willing to consciously see it or accept. That's pain. That's pain in a relationship of someone that I love dearly. But that's not something I can affect. You can support them. You can love them. But it's not like the relationship you're in with your spouse. And I hope that I'm being clear about this small nuance of difference. The closest relationship I'll ever be in in my life will be that of the one with my spouse, specifically because of the depth of intimacy that, we're, that we experience. There's no closer bond or union. And I like to point the finger at Noah and the ark. We're all two by two by two. We start off as two. We have children. They find their partners, or God willing they do, and their soulmates. And then we're back to just the two of us. We have to concentrate on doing the work. That is step number one. We have to do the work. We have to do the work internally. We have to do the work by giving, and we have to do the work by envisioning the relationship that we want, envisioning the depth of love and emotional connection that I want with my spouse, and then go doing it. Similarly to starting a, you know, putting a business plan together and starting a business. If a business was 20 or 25 years old, what would the board of directors look like? What would the mission statement be? Is Amazon's mission statement going to change? Or are they added at a day-to-day -day basis? Do you expect Amazon to deliver those packages to you every day? Well, how do you think they do that? There's a plan. There's a team. There's communication. It's no different in our relationships. It's no different in our marriages. And if we put that concentration together, if we put that energy together, anything is possible. Anything is possible. And how badly, don't, how badly do you want it? Is there any feeling that we mourn more than loneliness? Is there a feeling that we so difficult, difficult, difficultly, uh, my English today is a little off, ladies and gentlemen, so I apologize, but the difficulty in dealing with loneliness will do anything to avoid that feeling. I'm saying today, feel that loneliness. Recognize that loneliness and take action.
Don't accept the status quo. Make a change. Make a difference. And you can affect it on your own. If the two of you are listening or the two of you are at it and you could both affect it, that's amazing. That's the best thing possible. But if there's one of the spouses or one person in a relationship listening, excuse me, you can affect your relationship. You can make a huge change in the relationship. Just one partner can make a huge change in the relationship. If you self-develop, you self-grow, and you give on a constant basis, and you anticipate what the other needs and wants and desires, what would that feel like? What would the quality of your life be? There's no limit. Now, people can debate. I know we come from a, you know, affluent Jewish, you know, Orthodox communities. But, uh, you know, debate me, challenge me on this. But if a couple truly loves each other, they're truly emo- deeply emotionally connected. Where they live, what they drive and what they wear will not matter. But I'm not saying that people don't deserve and should have abundance in their life. We do. That's not the point. The point is, is if we were struggling and we were having a difficult time, it would be us that, were, that would be getting us through it. That the relationship would be so resilient, it would be so strong, it would be unbreakable. That it would get me through anything. That we'd be able to live in a hut. But we'd have each other. We would have love, we would have giving, we would have appreciation, we would have gratitude. And yes, joy. Because the opposite is not true. You could live in your dream house, drive what you want to drive, have the best you know, personal service around you possible, everyone at your beck and call, but still feel miserably lonely. Do we need to really look as far as Hollywood today? The rich and famous. You know, I remember those shows where they'd show you the homes and the cars and how much money. But can they get through anything? How many divorces do they go through? How much addiction do they go through? Interpersonal relationships is where it's at. And for me, like I said before, it is the most important thing. And I want to dedicate at least this year, to working on that with you. And if anybody knows anyone that's struggling in a relationship, or if someone just wants to take their relationship to the next level, reach out to me. My number is 917-679-5775. You can find me on Instagram, Jamal Coaching, J-E-M-A-L Coaching. You can find me on Facebook, Isaac Jamal. 
You can find me on LinkedIn under Isaac Tumau. Reach out to me. We will be creating events throughout the year in all areas in New York, possibly outside of the state. There's been some um, people, some inquiries there, but definitely in New York City, in the five, five towns area, Crown Heights, in Brooklyn, in Lakewood, in Deal, New Jersey. We will be around. We will be talking about this. We will be conversating about this. We will be creating group programs around this, small group programs, nothing too big. Five couples, six couples, five or six singles, uh, you know, gender specific because there are educations on both ends. But this year will be just an influx of information. Like I said, I've challenged myself and set some really high standards for myself for this year so that I can go out there and I can really help as many people as I can. I truly uh, desire, I, I, my prayer to Hashem is that He helps me um, get the information out there because we're so truly suffering in this area and I want to I help so badly. Um, it's just a subject that's just so dear to my heart. And if we can fix that, like I've been saying, imagine what we can do with our homes, with our children, and what type of a, um, inspiration, um, role models we can be for our children to show them what true love means. Imagine every home, and I can see it. I can envision every home having a loving couple at its helm and children growing up seeing what true love and giving is and what committing to somebody means and how much hard work it is. Yes, but it's worth it. Thank you so much for listening to me and thank you so much for tuning in constantly. As I always say, I'm so grateful for everybody that encourages me and so grateful um, for my wife who gives me this opportunity to be able to work with everybody, um, my children who I do take time but also want them to know how much I love them and appreciate them and how dear they are to me. Um, thank you. Thank you for listening and we will hopefully be here again next week. So tune in and please send me any comments you might have. Have a great evening.